Welcome to episode 10 of the HFP Podcast Season 2. What are we, week 7? Uh, just flying by way too quick, as we say every week. But uh, glad to have you listening. Uh, big fella, how you doing over there? Doing great. We're 10 episodes, and we probably uh, what doubled our output from a year ago. So, yeah, you know, you know. and... Uh, Good on us for that, but uh, things are good. Got a lot of shit flying. I'm watching numbers. Keep refreshing this uh, this uh, money line spread tonight for Tampa and Houston. What what, what is the line there? Because Houston's well, got to be kind of jumped. Houston's Houston's been anywhere from minus two eighty to. 250 with Garrett Cole on the bump tonight. And and you, as the contrarian better that I know that you are, is all over looking for the best number on Tampa Bay Moneyline, correct? Oh, yeah. I've, I've rode Tampa in every game in this series. There you go. And um, made a nice little profit. You know, fresh off of uh, a nice Nats victory last yeah. year. I've really liked what – Tampa has done um, the last couple games. Their pitching is good. I, I just think, you know, in baseball, you're talking about a one one game for a series to go out and lay, you know, minus two sixty, minus two seventy is just it's just absurd, um, you know. So I, uh, you know, I'm I. I just I love that in a in a winner take all anything can happen in a game like this if you can get plus two twenty right now it's plus two twenty three. Right. I'm I'm whole I, I I literally will bet this thing two minutes before first pitch because I just I, I just it's it's bouncing all over the place so I I just you know I, I you got you got to take a stab. Um, you know, it's it's just silly. I mean, you go broke betting minus two hundred favorites in baseball, <laughs> right? And I uh, so anyway, don't so I know? Something don't else I know? <laughs> yeah. Along with uh, <laughs> along with uh, you know, a little college football tonight. Got a couple. I've got a couple bets in on tonight's oh. game. So you know, trying to decide if I and I'm trying to decide if I want to lay seventeen points with the New England against. The New York Giants, which oh, I don't, barf. Quite frankly, yeah, I you know, God, like how bad is the NFL? These Thursday night games are just awful. I mean, with the exception of well, last week's was pretty good with one. the uh, Seattle Rams, but uh, for the most part, they're oh, all any defense. game with Seattle's good for you. It Jesus. came down to God. a field goal. Yeah, back and forth, people were declaring it one of the better Thursday night tilts of all time. You shut your mouth over. Well, there, that's huh? probably what Seattle Sports Radio says. <laughs> right. <Jesus Christ. laughs> oh my god. 
I'm now. sure it's a better game than what you're going to see tonight. I doubt I'll ever get involved because I, the Giants are so depleted with injury yeah. right now. I don't even know who. Kind of gets to, you know, there's, there's sometimes where, like, obviously, I mean, obviously everybody wants to make money, and there's, uh, and, and truth be told, um, while, while I like to, uh, while I like to adapt professional habits, I uh, am not a professional gambler, and there's times that I will throw some money on a game just because I'm watching it. Um, and uh, that is a game I don't want to watch, so I, I really don't want to put money on it. No, I think there's better viewing options, to be totally honest. In yeah. fact, I think, I think either college game, that's tonight, and then, of course, I, I just think that, you know, much like a, a game seven in the NHL playoffs, I think a winner-take-all game in, in playoff baseball is always always entertaining um, for a number of reasons, especially when you have, you know, the Astros. And, and, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen the, you know, the, the, the stuff that's come out about the guy that's literally got, you know, I think now he's got like $5 million pending on them to, to win the World Series. Oh. and. He just keeps throwing more down. In fact, um, I just saw on Twitter that William Hill just took a million dollar bet on the Astros tonight at minus two sixty to win. So, oh my goodness, it's just there's a lot going on, and and um, that's that, that, that is such a big a crazy bet on a game that has so much chance for randomness and error, like. <laughs> Football and baseball game, like, I, I love baseball, but basketball is, you know, basketball and football can be controlled so much more by the talent and whatnot, where baseball is just one of those things that, man, there's just, there, there's so much chance that goes into that sport. Uh, golly, and it's not like the Tampa Bay, that team isn't a bad team. Uh, the Rays, that, that's just so much money. Well, baseball is basically you're, you're betting on starting pitching. Right. So, you know, and it's one person and, uh, you know, a number that high. I mean, Garrett Cole pitched game two of this series against Tampa. He had 15 strikeouts. He looked fantastic. He looked looked really good. <clears throat> I mean, but I just, you know, I have a friend that's a big baseball uh, guy and you know, Tampa's had 97 wins. They've got the number one bullpen in Major League Baseball. They do a lot of shit that's just, I think, a little bit off base that people don't recognize. Where they'll, like tonight, they'll throw the kitchen sink. They'll throw, they'll throw nine pitchers out there and right. throw them all for an inning and a half if they have to. Right. But they clearly, I think, are in a great spot having won the last two at home. They kind of pounded the Astros in the last two. And to your point, the randomness. I mean. You know, and it's crazy because it's it's all about timing, yeah. and guy makes a couple bad pitches, and those things leave the yard, and and things change quickly. And you saw it last night with um, with the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. Yes. You know, trotting, trotting, trotting Kershaw back out there, two pitches, back to back yep. pitches. The game goes from three one to three three. I already had a bet on on Washington going at very very good odds. I logged in. And I could still grab them at that point at plus money to win. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying to myself, and the momentum is clearly shifting. Right. And you saw it with the Dodgers, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to win this game. 
No, I didn't expect Howie Kendrick to step up and hit a grand slam in the top. <laughs> right. But, you know, he saw yeah. it coming. Yeah. So that's uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do in the offseason because I think there's going to be a lot of shakeup out of that organization. So they have spent a lot of money and uh, lost the last two World Series and, and now uh, bow out in the uh, Divisional Series. So makes it interesting, though, right, because – I was, I was um, talking to someone yesterday. So you have the Nationals Cardinals. So one of those teams is going to represent um, the National League and the World Series. Both were the road teams in their divisional series. Yep. So you have those two teams. And then you could potentially have the Rays and the Yankees, you know. But I think right now the Yankees are clearly the best team. So we'll see. There's our baseball hit <laughs> <laughs> right that's that's what everybody uh turns the hfb podcast for right that's called bonus content it it's free you're welcome you welcome uh <clears throat> still staying on the bonus content uh being that you uh alluded to it are, are you just going to make that a kind of like a teaser to uh to, to keep people to the end of the podcast on your picks for tonight's football games or, or do you want to hit those right now Oh, I'll give them out right now. Okay. Um, I've got uh, so we got two games tonight. You've got uh, Syracuse Orange heading down to uh, Raleigh, playing NC State. That number has kind of jumped around. I think it opened at four, uh, went to four and a half at one point. It four came back and peeked its face at me that, uh, a few hours ago, and I locked in the Wolfpack at minus yeah. four. You know. I just love – I mean, they're coming off a bye. I just love teams. I love the home teams, short numbers yep. on week you know, week yep. games, especially in conference. So, give me the Wolfpack um, tonight on a short week against, against Syracuse. I think Syracuse is a dumpster fire in so many ways. And that's what I'll say about that <laughs> game. And then we're going to the fun belt. Um, and I'm going to be – I'm laying three with Louisiana Monroe – Fun row, the Warhawks going down to San Marcos, Texas to play Texas State. Um, that is a uh, that like I said, that line is minus three. I I've actually watched Monroe play because I, I had a bet against them on Iowa State. They uh, they hung really tight with Memphis um, a couple weeks ago. I you know I I just I'm I'm willing to lay the three. I know it's you know it goes against what I just said about you know road teams uh, in conference on a weeknight, but um, I think the Warhawks are a better team. Not big wagers by any stretch, but definitely something that'll keep me uh, changing channels um, here in a in a couple hours. So we'll see if we can't get uh, the weekend started off right. All right. So now that we've got the Thursday games. All figured out. We've given you the uh, the freebie picks on the uh, the baseball side of stuff. Uh, let's talk about Friday. Kind of an interesting matchup. Colorado heads to Eugene um, on FS1. If you're so inclined to watch a Buffalo team that lost at home, that seems to be Jacqueline Hyde this entire season. Uh, lost at home to Arizona uh, in a game that was the seemed like it was going to be the last team to hold the ball was going to win. Uh, and Oregon winning at home this past weekend against Cal in really not a um, not an impressive fashion, but still got the win. Uh, Oregon's offense has kind of come into the spotlight as far as 
uh, not nearly as potent as what you expect from previous Oregon teams. Uh, how do you see this game going? I'm intrigued by it's a big number, and I'm intrigued by Colorado uh, in this game. Uh, well, I would say one, I mean, the number is 21, right. uh, and I, I think it opened around 18, 18 and a half. Colorado still has a bunch of injury concerns. Um, I heard on another podcast that at one point in their game against Arizona last week, they had nine starters that were on the sidelines due to injury. Um, so I'm not really sure who is traveling to Eugene, um, for the buffs. Uh, Chenault is still not been ruled out, but he certainly hasn't been ruled right. in, which is, which is a big, big piece of and their he was offense. In street clothes um, on Saturday in Boulder against Arizona. Typically that's what you do when you don't right. play. Um, but, 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 but there's know, a I, difference for, of like, cause you know, sometimes they, they'll send him out there in pads and he was just not ready to play day of game where he was just like, no, like he was in street clothes. So go ahead. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's probably, you know, at this point looking at it total or uh, Oregon minus 21 total of 59 and a half. Um, I know that if anyone listens to the Baron Stanford, Steve Stanford, Steve gave out the over as his no brainer overplay of the week. Um, and, and I, I kind of get that, you know, I don't know that I trust Oregon's offense to cover that big of a number. Even if they jump out, I still think Colorado has an opportunity. I think the back door is open at some point. So I certainly wouldn't be comfortable laying that many points. Uh, again, not knowing the situation with Colorado and some of their key guys, um, it's hard to, to, uh, to take those points now um, when theoretically live, there could be something that just gets way overblown. But um, I'm not a big totals guy. Um, you know, and, and again, I think in order for that to hit 60, you know, I, one Oregon's offense hasn't shown to be, you know, anything of a juggernaut again, Colorado's defense is not great either, right. but then you're also asking Oregon's offense to put some points up, which I think they can because Colorado's defense has just got so many holes in it. Um, but there's a lot of unknowns. And so when there's that many unknowns, I typically like to, uh, sit, watch, possibly jump in live but i probably will have nothing um early uh before kick yeah I, i'm not sure if i have really any more to uh to put on that i uh i i have been unimpressed this entire year with the oregon offense the oregon defense has been fantastic uh and i think uh will be just uh, will be strong again in this game against a depleted colorado team especially if he takes chenault out uh, such a dynamic playmaker that really handicaps a Colorado squad that just doesn't have a lot of those types of playmakers on their team. Um, the agreed also with the Colorado defense. If you saw that Colorado Arizona game, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of mistakes that you could see on the back end, uh, and they got dominate at the line of scrimmage uh, on defense as well, where the Arizona offensive line, who has looked good all year, uh, really dominated and protected Khalil Tate quite well. Uh, and I would say that the Oregon offensive line is an upgrade. Uh, so Herbert should have time, have a lot more time, and probably be a lot more comfortable than he was against Cal. Um, 
So 21 points is a lot of points. I agree with your assessment that uh, uh, there's so many unknowns that it's probably a pass and probably a live opportunity for me as well. I mean, if you like Colorado, then I would, I would, you know, I would say look more to a first half um, right. in that situation. Cause I don't know if you're going to get you know, the line sitting at 21. I don't know if you'll see like an 11 and a half, 12, 13, somewhere in that range, you know, and if Colorado can score, I mean, in all fairness to the Oregon defense for as good as they've looked, this is still, even if they're depleted, the best offense they will face on their schedule thus far. And that includes Auburn, in my opinion, because they were playing a true freshman quarterback in week one. So right. um, I still think there's opportunity. I still think Colorado can score. It's just a matter of, uh, of what the hell they're showing up with. So yeah, I would, I'd stay away. But if, if you're, if you're itching the bet prior to kick, I'd look more, try to shrink your opportunity and, maybe look at a Colorado first half if that's the side you're leaning to. Um, the next game is on Saturday, the early Pac-12 kickoff, which is in Tempe. Uh, WSU heading to Arizona State. Both teams coming off buys. Uh, Arizona State ranked 18th uh, and 17th respective, respectively. Uh, it's an interesting matchup. You have WSU who has just gotten uh, two bad losses, one at home to UCLA, which is obviously the big comeback by UCLA. Uh, and, and then the second one on the road at Utah, where they just got absolutely dismantled, blown out. Uh, and now there's a lot of questions about this WSU team coming into Tempe. Uh, not to mention they lose their defensive coordinator during the bye week. Uh, and so now you're going to have a uh, linebacker coach and DB coach, and, and they just brought on a uh, former player last year uh, to be kind of a defensive uh, assistant on the sidelines as well, I think, of improving morale and uh, whatnot. So, so there's so many question marks with this WSU team coming in. But the one thing you do know is, is that it's a Mike Leach offense and they're going to move the ball. Uh, on the other side, you have an Arizona State team that um, – Lost, uh, lost at home the last time they were at home to Colorado, uh, had an impressive win on the road at Cal. Uh, and they're also coming off of a bye. This is a, uh, the Pac-12 North, or sorry, the Pac-12 South is, is wide open, but uh, is still a very important game for ASU. Uh, just a, it's, it's truly a fascinating matchup. Um, as far as such different coaching styles and approaches uh, and uh, how do you see this game going and where's the line at right now? Uh, the line is currently Arizona state minus one and a yeah. half. It's jumped all it's, over. The it place. Has. I mean, Washington state's been favored at one point. I, I personally want nothing to do with this yeah. game um, for some of the reasons you've laid out. If anything, the total right now at 59 and a half does intrigue me. It intrigues me to the side of the Absolutely. under. Um, and the reason why I, you know, I kind of would lean there, you got some weird shit going on. So, one, you got a 1230 local kick, um, or maybe it's 130 Arizona time. It's 1230 Pacific. I know that. So, it's an early kick. It's going to be hot. Forecast of 89 degrees. Um, you mentioned the bye weeks, the coaching changes. And the reason why I'm leading to the under is, is a couple of things. So one, 
from an Arizona State perspective on defense, I got to think that you take a lot of – if you watch film, which, of course, everyone does, you watch what Utah did, the way they defended Washington State, which was very similar to what Washington's done in the past, where you put eight guys at the line of scrimmage and you drop everyone, rush three. Utah got home with three all night, made Anthony Gordon look a lot like a former Washington State quarterback that's getting his ass kicked by the Jets right now uh, in Luke Falk. And he's the type of kid that, from what I can tell, will lose patience, will try to fit balls into tight spaces. And when there's eight guys in coverage, I just don't like that. So I can see Washington State's offense struggling to figure out what it is Arizona State's trying to do. On the flip side, Arizona State's going to rely on the run, which that could be bad news for Washington State. But if they can put Arizona State in third and longs, I don't know that Jalen Daniels is – quite ready to be a guy that's completing a bunch of long passes now he's very very versatile with his with his feet and whatnot but you know they have not been um a a team offensively that i would you know i would i would you know call them explosive so i could see this game you know running at a snail's pace because again neither team's going to play fast again misconception of, of of the air rate is that they play fast and washington state doesn't um you know, so I would kind of lean towards the under um, in that one. But, um, again, I just don't I, – I, there's just, again, too many unknowns for me to, to, to want to um, – you know, I, I, can, I, I can go and find you all kinds of trends and angles and say this. I mean, I mean a, a top 25 team, which is Arizona State, hosting an unranked team, and they're dogs. They were dogs at one point during the week. You know, they have a terrible record. Right, right. You know, now they're favored. Um, But I can tell you about Washington State's history in Tempe, which has not been good. No. So there's a number of ways you can look at it. The bottom line is, is, is I think that you know, if you if you play it live, and uh, because I think there could be some swings in this game, and you can get you know plus seven on either side or something like that, then I think there's there's an opportunity there. But I I couldn't tell you. I I really couldn't because I. I, I just don't – I don't know what you're going to get out of Washington State given the defensive coordinator change. And and quite frankly, I don't know if they can shore up enough things to make Arizona State one-dimensional. Because if Arizona State runs the ball, sets up play action with a, with a mobile quarterback, that's a lot like the recipe that Utah had a week ago. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see that ending well for, for WSU. So very similar to Utah. If you put a gun to my head, I'd probably lean Arizona State right now. <coughs> excuse me uh <coughs> you actually just took the uh phrase right on my mouth that i was gonna say that you put a gun to my head arizona state and to be honest i i don't understand um i i really don't understand the line arizona state has been far more consistent they have shown uh they have shown that when they they have shown the ability to have long sustaining drives focus on the run that quarterback that freshman quarterback every time I see him gets better and better and better and they're just been they have been a far more consistent unit the the only thing the only question mark that you have on Arizona State is is that the only team that they have played this year that has had a remotely decent offense is Colorado and Colorado put a lot of points up on them and so I think that's the one thing that has line makers and betters a little bit questioning this a little bit, because there's so many question marks on Washington state that you would think that this would be a slam dunk for an ASU cover. 
The only question mark is, is that Colorado was able to have so much success against ASU and Washington state's offense is far superior to Colorado's. Um, is it though? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers, yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I would see on the, and I would say on the field uh, as well, uh, especially um, with the, yeah, I, I would, I would say that. Um, but if, uh, so, so that's like the area that is intriguing to me is can WSU truly move the ball on ASU? Uh, uh, but at the same, at, when it's all said and done, there's way too many question marks and, and way too many things that things that don't make sense to me with this line. Cause I think ASU should be favored by way more than what they are. Uh, that it's a pass for me. There you go. Yeah. Do you, do you think that the Colorado offense is more, because, uh, I mean, the, the stats-wise, as far as explosive plays and uh, yards and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, WSU is in, what, the top 15 in the country? So uh, do you think that Colorado is kind of in that same area? Well, I, I think it's hard to go based off stats because you got to look at who teams have played against right. and, and, and you have to, to gauge that way. I mean, you can argue that, Washington State played, you know, one of the worst teams in, in, F, uh, in FBS in New Mexico true, State, true. a really poor FCS school in Northern Colorado, the worst team in the Pac-12 right. in UCLA. Right. Um, you know, so, I, you know, and, and, and Houston was, I mean, Houston gave up a million points to Oklahoma uh, just a couple weeks prior. So I, I don't know that, I mean, what I, the reason why I say that is, is I saw some things in the Utah game that, Tell me that that quarterback's confused, that quarterback in your back to um, teams defending the, the the Mike Leach system, the teams have had success, did exactly what Houston did. They only scored 13 points um, right. at Utah a couple right. weeks ago. So, I don't know. I mean, you put it out on film, and coaches are smart enough. Um, I don't think ASU's going to run around and play a bunch of man coverage against Washington State all night because I think – that the talent on receiver is superior to Washington State. Um, clearly, if Washington State has the issues on the offensive line that they had against Utah, the three-man rush can cause pressure and collapse—you know—collapse right. the pocket. Yep. Eight guys sitting in coverage, you have no chance. Right. And and I just don't think, I don't think if that happens, I don't. I think Mike Leach is, you know, not going to turn and just hand the ball to Max Borgie, which theoretically I think. It's not a terrible idea. So Best player um, he's going to stick to what they do, yeah. and they're going to throw the ball. And, and, you know, it's not like Anthony Gordon has really done a great job taking care of the ball this year. So I don't know. I, I, I just – I don't trust it. And, and again, with – and the other side of it, right, you have a freshman quarterback. And, yes, he's getting better and they're d- and done some things. But, you know, they very well could find themselves in a shootout. And as you mentioned earlier, they lost in a shootout to Colorado. Right. So, you know, that was a fully healthy Colorado team. But that's, you know, I, I just think there's too many unknowns. Yep. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. <clears throat> you want to start off your thoughts on the next game? The uh, Trojans heading to South Bend? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the line right now, so it opened 10 and a half, 11. I'm seeing 10 and a half right now available. Um, you know, it's, you have Washington coming off of a bye, which I think they needed that bye, or excuse me, USC coming off the bye. Um, 
that needed that buy as much as anyone to get some guys healthy, including yeah. their quarterback, yeah. uh, Keaton Slovis, who will play in this game um, against a Notre Dame team that I, I think is really flying under the radar. I don't think a lot of, which is crazy because they're ranked ninth in the country, but you know, Everyone expected them to get blown out at Georgia. They didn't. Um, they very well could have lost the following week to to to, uh, to Virginia, and then essentially had a bye week against Bowling Green when they won fifty-two to nothing. Um, to me, I feel like this is another game. I don't know that USC can win it outright. Um, I think they've got the talent at receiver to cause some problems. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good. Notre Dame really is. I know they're going to rely on the run uh, to set up Ian Book in the past, but but you know I, I, I won eleven. I'll just put it out there. I won eleven because eleven seems to be a key number anymore. Like I feel like I mean I had ten and a half last week with uh, West Virginia, and of course it lands on eleven. But right. eleven seems to be a key number. If eleven shows, um, I will be putting some money on USC. Um, but I, it's not a game that that I expect them to win outright, but you know, would it shock me? No. Cause I just, it's kind of like, that's like, so Clay Helton to go do something like that. So um, I don't know. I, I, I've got to lean on USC. Like I said, I'd like 11, 10 and a half right now. Um, so I'll wait and see what happens, but uh, tough spot. I mean, going on the road to South Penn, but, but they've got the talent over there and that's, it's hard to, not take that many points with the team that you know, especially if that quarterback is healthy, what he's done, what he's shown, they can move the ball. If they can move the ball and score and get in a shootout. I think they can be right there. Yeah, this this USC team is uh, they're, I mean they're they're the flagship school uh, in the conference, and uh, truly the, the 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 one result on their schedule so far. Um, that is, it just is kind of a head scratcher is, is that performance they had at BYU, uh, dominated Stanford and, uh, and then had a great showing against Utah, uh, in the Coliseum. And then of course, to follow that back up with, uh, with a loss in Seattle, which really that game in Seattle against the Huskies should have been a lot closer than what it was. Um, but then, you know, you, you see, what happened with Washington this past weekend at Stanford. And you start kind of scratching your head of like, all right, how, how good really is this UW team? I think this USC team has a very good offensive defensive line. I think their wide receiver group is one of the best in the country. Uh, and I think Graham Harrell, who's playing the call, who is, who is uh, calling the plays, bringing in his version of the air raid, because every air raid, air raid offense is, is different from the Mike Leach original version. And hell, even Mike Leach's version now is, is far different than when he started off at WSU and, and even further different from when he was at Tech and, and Valdosta State and Kentucky and further and further back. Um, so I, I like this USC team, and, and I agree. I think it's just trying to find that number. I don't think that they can win this game. I think it's, it's really tough for USC that they have to uh, <laughs> – they just have a, a – a, a brutal schedule this year every time that you're having to schedule Notre Dame into your uh uh into your uh schedule uh just because of how good Notre Dame has been the last five or ten years um so I I think if you can find that key number like you were talking about I I I like USC in this just because 
anytime you have a team that passes like they do and have the ability to have explosive plays means that at the end of the game, you always have a chance for a backdoor. Is that game still a rivalry? I don't think so. I, I mean, the the peak of the rivalry for me was the Bush push, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been a. I mean, it was a rivalry up until that point, right? And then, I mean, it and still then was through there. I'm just asking, like, both. So if if it's not a rivalry, like, who is? Does Notre Dame consider USC a rival? You know, I don't. I and really, I mean, because Notre Dame has such you know because of them being independent and whatnot. You know, they have Michigan, you know, that's considered a rival. You know, they play Stanford every year. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just curious because it, it – does it classify as a rivalry game? Um, I don't know. I mean, they yeah, play every I, year. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that – I'm sure that the promo on the NBC will, will talk about how incredible this rivalry is. But, yeah, they, they play every year. And I mean, let's be honest. Rivalries are – I mean, I, I'm sure to some people it's still very much considered a, a big rivalry, but uh, it, it's I feel like anymore the the rivalry the rivalry is dependent upon how big the game is and, and really how good the teams are, you know, in the last couple of years. So USC has been down. Uh, Notre Dame's kind of been up and down. It, it, it'll it'll get back to being a, a true rivalry when both teams are on top and they're truly playing for something. Yeah, that's probably fair. That means that Florida Tennessee will never be a rivalry again, <laughs> right? <clears throat> or Florida or Tennessee Alabama, right? Uh, right. Anyway. Tennessee anybody. Uh, the next game on the slate. So that one starts seven thirty p.m. Eastern, which is four thirty, of course, Pacific. Uh, in Corvallis, five o'clock on the Pac twelve Network. You have Utah uh, coming off of their bye. Uh, going to Oregon State, who got off the mat and got a nice win down uh, in the Rose Bowl against uh, UCLA. Um, line still over two scores. Ugh, I, Oregon State's a tough place to play, but Utah's defense is a little bit better than UCLA. So I, I uh, as much as I love riding the Beavers, this is a tough one for me because I think, I think the difference in, in, uh, in talent and pedigree between these two, between UCLA and Utah is, is pretty massive. Uh, really going from probably the worst team in the Pac-12 to the best team in the Pac-12. And, and, and I'm not sure if Oregon State's ready to take that step yet. Are you talking ready to win or cover 14 and a half? Cover 14 and a half. They're not ready to win. I don't know. It's I, 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 I put a circle around them in pencil when I looked at this line. Yeah. Earlier in the week, I don't know if I can get myself there, but it's hard to deny a couple things. One, it's hard to deny. Um, you know, you look at what Utah did defensively in that game against Washington State. You know, and it you know it's a step up in class from Oregon State, but God, they were so dominant in the UCLA game. Yeah, yeah. Unlike unlike Washington State, they didn't blow a thirty point second half right. lead. They just continued um, to pour it on. Right. So, I, you know, the thing that's interesting about it, I think this has got. Back, I think the back door is going to be wide open. Mm-hmm. 
because again, the way Utah plays, like, can I see Utah? You know, I can see it going a couple of ways, but I could certainly see Utah being up three scores late. Oregon State gets the ball back. It's a late touchdown, sneaks in the back door at the very end. Um, but man, I mean, if you if if you play, for, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good if you're Oregon State. Like, I mean, you almost you know you come back from 21 down to Stanford and, and could have won that game. You you know you go to UCLA and just lay it on them from the beginning. I mean, they have a really good receiver. Yep. They have a good quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. And they got two running backs that are capable. Yeah. So, like, they're capable of scoring points. On the other side of it, you know, they struggle to stop a nosebleed at times. But, I mean, it's not like this is the biggest. I mean, they, they hosted you know, Oklahoma State yeah. earlier in the year. They hung with them for a while. I think if I was going to play it, I mean, there's part of me that says that, that you know, you, you – Maybe you look at the Beavs' first half and see if they can be competitive for 30 minutes. Because um, there are times where I still don't know how good Tyler Huntley really is. Yeah. I don't think that Oregon State's going to make him do anything that he's not used to doing. So, um, you know, it doesn't look like weather's a real factor, which can be this time of year up there. But it's tough. I, I you know, I think if you could play it live and, and Utah jumped out, you could get Oregon State over three scores. And I think – because I think the one thing about Oregon State, they're going to keep fighting to the end. They've kind of shown that. Right. Um, resiliency. So, can you get maybe an inflated number? Um, maybe, you know, sometime during that game when you know that maybe Utah kind of shuts it down. They just want to get home. But, you know, uh, Corvallis is a weird place. I mean, I've seen some weird shit happen there over the years. But, you know, who knows? Um the way the Pac-12 is gone, I don't think anything's out of question. I, I, absolutely not. So to say not. they're not I, ready I, to win I is... Think the, I think the fascinating thing to me here is on the Oregon State side, and it's really about kind of the uh, the anatomy of a rebuild. And for Oregon State, the rebuild started at the bottom floor. So if you think about the stages <coughs> excuse me, of a rebuild, it first starts off with just getting competitive. Oregon State for the previous two or three years has just been getting blown out. So first they need to get themselves competitive, which they've done this year. Uh, and then the next thing is, is that they, then you got to learn how to, once you've got made yourself competitive, then you have to learn how to win, uh, which they did. You know, I'm not saying that they've, they've mastered it, but they, they won a game against UCLA. Now the next thing is, is, which is the tricky part, is how do you handle that success? And how many times have you seen a, uh, a team that is going through this process that they, that they got that win that they were so that were working so hard to get, and then the next weekend get, just get blown out uh, because they were enjoying their successes so much that, it was, that they didn't turn the corner to the next game. Uh, so that's, that's kind of fascinating to me. I want to see kind of – I think this game kind of shows – where Oregon State is on their rebuild. Clearly, they're making the progress they're supposed to uh, that, that Oregon State fans are hoping for. Now we're going to find out, okay, how good is this team? Is this team – I will be very impressed. If, if Oregon State covers, that tells me that this team is making pretty incredible strides this year of picking themselves off the mat and being competitive week in, week out on the Pac-12. Because Utah is a fantastic team. I, I don't think there's any question as far as who the better team is. is definitely on paper. Uh, so I'll be intrigued to watch that. As far as the line, 
I think it's a live play uh, or, or nothing for me just because there's, you know, I, Utah with a road team uh, coming in, like you said, there's enough crazy stuff that happens in Corvallis that I, I'm not sure I want to just jump into that before the game. Uh, but at the same time, I, I also would need to see Oregon State uh, how they how they come in if they're truly ready to play football. So I think it's a live play, but but it's an intriguing. How matchup. much of a how much uh, how much if any is there is there uh, an overlook for Utah to Arizona State the following week? Very much so, because that's yeah. a huge that's a huge game in the yeah. South. I mean they have to win that one to get a tiebreaker, et cetera. I mean, with, with the way the South's going right now, but I mean, is there, is there potential for, for a little bit of an overlook? Yeah. You know, yeah. From Utah there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know? And that's, and that is, and very, and even easier when there's the overlook because they're playing the, you know, one of the worst teams in the pac 12, you see that a lot where a team will come in and maybe, not as prepared and how much does you know utah coming off a of bye does do they come in a little rusty um so uh you know maybe um i'm sure you know you got to think that the coaches are good enough that they're going to put film on what what ucla did right or uh, what oregon state did to ucla they're going to show like hey this, this team you know, they put up 48 granted everyone puts up at least that against ucla right. but they're going to show you know you got to do some things to strike a little bit of fear to get your guys' attention. And, and clearly the, you know, the, the numbers that Jake Luton has right now and what they've done offensively is going to get their attention on defense. Right. So, you know, I don't know, but I, I could see though, if Utah jumps out, gets on them early, it's a quick 14, nothing in the first quarter. And you got some live stuff popping up at 27 and a half or 24 and a half that, you know, that game gets to halftime and Utah has got a comfortable lead that, I mean, it's human nature. They're going to start thinking about getting out of there and moving on to next week. Right. And you know, the Beavers are going to keep, they're going to try to keep scoring. Right. So, I mean, the thing for me that kind of solidified that belief was they could have easily quit when they fell down 21 nothing to Stanford with five minutes to go in the third quarter. And all they did was run off 21 unanswered and get the thing tied. So, I mean, you know, there's like that shows that they're the coaching's getting through, the messaging's getting through, and the guys are continuing to play hard. So, um, I probably selfishly, from a betting standpoint, will want Utah to jump out ahead and see if I can just get a really balloon number yep. and just kind of hope that Utah puts it on cruise. Which I listen in conference, it's all about surviving advance the next yep. week, and they're going to want to get guys out of there and, and get the hell out of Corvallis. Yep. Yep. I, I would agree with that. And, and if uh, starting in the second half, if Utah has a, a lead that, you know, a couple, a couple score lead, um, maybe, you know, even looking at that second half bet um, as well of Utah, just trying to get out of there and, and maybe Oregon state puts up a couple point scores at the end to make it look a little bit closer and, and, and get you a cover. There you go. All right. The final game, Washington at Arizona this is actually my favorite favorite game of, of all of them, uh, mainly because you have a Washington team that uh, one of my favorite things to look at during the year when looking at games is is back to back road trips, which is what you have. Uh, Washington schools, both UW and WSU, when they head down to the desert, uh, ASU or Arizona, uh, they tend to be much tougher games than what you expect. 
Uh, and, and both schools, both of the Washington schools struggle when they make that road trip down there. Uh, and in fact, Washington hasn't won in Tempe, gosh, since early 2000. Uh, and uh, they did win the last time they were down at Arizona. It was their, uh, it was the year that they went to the, um, the playoffs um, and played Alabama. And that year, I think it went to overtime or almost overtime. Uh, it was a much closer game than what uh, people expected. This time around, you have an Arizona team that uh, started off with a kind of embarrassing loss against Hawaii uh, in week zero and has really been quite impressive ever since. Khalil Tate uh, will, be, will be the quarterback. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, you would have said, well, Jacob Eason is by far going to be the better quarterback of the two. Uh, and after what Khalil Tate did to Colorado, you almost kind of give that nod to Khalil Tate as not almost you do. You give that Khalil Tate the nod as the best quarterback coming into this. There's a ton of question marks right now on both Washington offensively and defensively. Uh, the Seattle press is is really uh, Seattle and the West Coast press uh, are really um, kind of circling around this Washington team of like what's going on and and. Uh, and starting to make claims on how the, the talent just isn't there like it's been in the past several years. Uh, so it's an intriguing matchup. And to be honest, I'm going to be putting uh, money on Arizona, hoping that uh, maybe that line, um, if, if I can get, if I can get six, I'd be, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be putting it in. Well, it's six Perfect. right now. Yeah. So I mean, it was six and a half. Yep. Uh, it actually was seven at one point. Um, this is like your classic reverse line movement. Ticket counts 10 to one. Um, I've heard that on a couple different talks from bookmakers. Ticket counts 10 to one on Washington. And you have the line kind of going the other way. Um, I mean, it, seven is, is a definite bet. Six is probably a bet on Arizona. I don't trust Kevin Sumlin. I'm going to put that out there right now. Nope. And I still think that Peterson will completely outcoach him in the game. Um, but there's so many question marks on, on the Washington team uh, at this point, uh, especially defensively. But the way that Stanford ran the ball on Washington yeah. essentially played keep away, uh, that has to be concerning if you're a Washington fan moving forward because that's kind of one, been one of their staples is, is they've been very good at making teams one-dimensional and typically play, you know, play to your weakness. And uh, they, they didn't do that against Stanford. And that, that was a depleted Stanford team on their third quarterback at one point during that game with a ton of offensive linemen out. Um, and they were absolutely dominated uh, from start to finish. They were really never, in my opinion, really did they ever threaten to win the game. No, um, You just kind of saw the way it was going. So, you know, there's the only thing, the only hesitation I have on Arizona is like, I ask myself, how, how will Kevin someone fuck this up? <laughs> um, but I do think Khalil Tate's pretty dynamic back there. Um, you know, it'll be a good test because, you know, Arizona has not faced a defense as good as Washington's, even with the issues that they have had um, last week. They're still better defense than what Colorado is going to put on the field or anyone Absolutely. else that's been on that yep. Arizona schedule. Yep. So. Yep. You are going to see um, Quill take it tested. I'm going to assume they're going to try to make him throw the ball. 
um, take away the run, make them throw it. But, you know, um, it's a lot of points. And those, you know, less than the, the line kind of stinks. It's less than a touchdown. And um, it's going to be a heavily, heavily bet game because of the time slot yep. it's in. And that's always the, the get back game for people at the end of the night. So that line, I, I just – I personally think a shitload of more bets and money is going to come in on Washington and seven's going to show at some point on Saturday. And that's when I'll take yeah. Arizona. So here's, here's two questions for you. How much does the back-to-back road games play into this for Washington? Uh, and then two, we were just talking about it with Utah looking ahead to Arizona state. Well, there's no bigger game on UW schedule than Oregon coming into Seattle next week, which is the game that everybody has been looking at for a long time now. And of course, when UW lost to Stanford, it took a lot of steam out of that game. But how much is there a look ahead as well? Does does the look ahead component play into this game as well for UW? Well, I'll answer your second question first. Um, I don't think there can be a look ahead for Washington simply because they've already dropped two games in conference. So they don't have the luxury of overlooking to Oregon because they drop this one. It doesn't matter what they do. They could beat Oregon and there's still going to be two games behind them um, in the loss column. So the overlook I think is not relevant in this spot. You know, it's more relevant for probably Oregon against Colorado because they're sitting in the capper. Right. The back-to-back road thing. I don't know. I mean, you talk about it a lot. Um, and I know there's trends and statistics to back it up. Uh, the one thing that's different about this particular situation is Washington lost the first of, of this road trip. Right. And so they didn't, you know, they're, so I think there's more desperation. Yeah. In them. I mean, I think it's, it's clearly a must win game. So from a preparation standpoint and everything else that goes into it, they cannot afford to, uh, Daddy, to sh- they cannot. Store. Okay. You want to go to the Halloween store, Pony? Yes. Yes. I've been – can't Lord. tell you how many times I've been saying that. I want to go. Yes, five minutes. Five minutes. Then we are going to the Halloween. Sure, I'll take you. Um, but, but, but this, this Tammy, this Tammy for, for, for one minute. This Tammy for a little bit. Okay. But can can you go potty and put your shoes on? Why are we going right now? We won't go right now. Daddy's on the phone. If you let me finish, I'll be done. That she can't help me. Mm-hmm. That was, was, I'll come in five minutes. Uh, was I in that locker room? Yes. Yes. Now, can Daddy finish? He's on the phone. Can we finish? And I'll be upstairs in five minutes. I promise. Yep. In five minutes. I'll be right there. Okay? Okay. Seriously. <sighs> It's the daily dose of the four-year-old. Um, so you can cut it back when uh, I was talking about um, yeah, about it being a must-win. Yeah. Um, so I, I think to, like, summarize what what you're kind of asking me, um, it's, it's weird. Like, is there extra desperation? Yes. Is there look ahead? I don't think so because of what's happened. But then I, here's the telling here's the here's the telling thing though, aside from all the mental angles and all this other stuff and the travel, like is how good is Washington? Right. Like, are they just being exposed right. for who they really right. are? And 
if that's the case, um, you got to like Arizona to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I will probably, especially if seven shows, because if seven shows, I'm, you're getting a plus two twenty. Yeah. If if a seven shows, you're gonna get plus two twenty, maybe more, uh, plus two hundred on the money line, and I absolutely love the idea of, of laying a, a small uh, money line play on them too because, I mean, there's part of me that thinks either Washington wins and covers or they just get beat. Yep. Yep. But I don't know. I mean, this is. You know, we haven't seen a Washington team drop two games this early in the season in a long time. So, and and to be frank and to be, you know, to be fair, Jacob Eason did not look good last week. No. He didn't look good. You know, they, so, he, only, he, he could only complete uh, passes to one receiver. Uh, their, their running back that was getting the most play got hurt. Uh, their offensive line is just average. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot more issues than just a, a one, one uh, type of fix. Uh, and that Arizona defense has improved. It's, it's, it's the game out of all the games, uh, this weekend that I truly want that I look forward to watch. It's that one, uh, because there, there's just a, there's a ton of intrigue, and, and once again, this is, as you go through the season, this is another one of those games like, all right, we're going to find out who we have here. I, I think uh, with both, both of the Washington schools going down to the desert, it is massive games for – both of those are massive games for finding out where the Washington schools are because they're both reeling, and you have two of the Arizona schools that are both – uh, really trying to show themselves that they're contenders for the South and, and some of the better teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, well, Arizona gets a win. They move to 3-0 and in the conference, you know, yep. in the South. And, it, and, and um, you know, that puts them in a, in, a, you know, in a position where that game against Utah, which they, they host they Utah them, right. in late November – you know, they're going to have Utah and Arizona State, their last two games of the year. Um, and they got, obviously got to go to SC. But it, it just it, – it, this conference changes dramatically week by yep. week. Um, and I think that's just shows that there's a lot of parity. And, you know, in some ways you don't know what you're getting out of everyone every single week. Right. So – um, but I think it's just – I still think with, you know, Oregon obviously sitting where they're at, outside of that Auburn game, and you could argue they should have won that game. They really should have won it. They were the better yeah. team. Um, they still got – I still think there's some carnage that's possible on their schedule. Right. I, I, I still think – I still think trips to Seattle and trips to L.A. to play USC yep. are, are – are, you know, and then they got to go down to ASU. And I mean, it's like, you know, you start looking like, oh, shit, they got to play them now. And like, they've been better. And so, you know, by any stretch, I, I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to see a team in December playing, um, playing in that conference championship game that doesn't have at least probably two conference losses. And I, I, st- I still think Oregon's going to drop, 
drop one or two. I really yeah, and I think, and I think by the end, you're going to have the final two to three weeks of the season is going to be incre- just full of incredible drama because you're going to have so many teams that are still alive in their divisional races. Because when everybody's beating up on each other, if Washington, if Washington loses this game, like where are they at the following week to play Oregon? Like, and the reason why I say that is, you've got guys on that roster that have won Pac-12 championships. Right. Um, I don't know if anyone left on the roster played in that college football playoff or not, but you obviously have a program that's used to winning championships, playing in New Year's six bowl games. They know they got three losses that they are out of it. There's no chance in hell. Like, does it turn? Like, you know, do they end up, you know, do they, is that just snowball into something where they lose four or five games for the year? Like, or, or, you know, because it's just uncharted territory. Um, I know this much. I know if they get beat, I, I think if you're Oregon, I don't think you want Washington to lose this game. I don't think you want them that desperate to play. Right. Um, you know, if, you know, if, if, if I'm, if I'm Oregon right now. Yeah. Because um, that, that, they could be walking into a buzzsaw in Seattle. But we'll see. We'll talk about that one next yeah. week as well. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? What's your, oh here? Here's a question because I, I I always forget to ask you this on this. So out of the out of the Pac-12 games we that we talked about, is Arizona your favorite play? Uh, I'm gonna put an asterisk next to it because I'm gonna say Arizona. Arizona at seven, I would I would like yeah. a little bit more than Notre Dame at eleven or uh, USC at eleven, okay. but those are one A one B, where they sit right now. Yeah. I mean, it's probably my only. It's really my only two plays that I'm going to have in the conference, at least prior to kickoff. Um, regardless of how many libations I have, I mean, fortunately, the Washington State Arizona State games early enough that I won't be putting anything prior to kick. Yeah, I would so, say that probably the more I thought about it, I think the underplay on that Arizona State WCU game is probably one of my favorite plays. Here, just because. Yeah, here's here's a weird weird like this is crazy. You have five games this week um, with with uh, uh, you know with with Pac-12 conference teams included. The total in all five games right now is 59 and a half <laughs> in every single game. <laughs> 59 and a half. 59 and a half in every single one of those games. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I also don't think, and speaking of that, with Arizona-Washington, I mean, it's kind of hard to, like, picture a big shootout down there, isn't it? Like you feel like it's a game that Washington offense is shit again, and but they do enough to Khalil Tate that he's not going nuts, and it's a lower it's scoring a, it's game. It's a twenty four seventeen game. It doesn't twenty four seventeen. It does. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like it gets into the thirties. Yep. yep, agreed. You know, um, I I don't think U Dub can. So, I, I don't think U Dub can win it if it does. No. No, I, I don't think they can either. 
I really don't. Uh, you know, barring you know the classic you know special teams touchdown, or which UW is notorious for. Yep. You know, or if Khalil Tate throws three picks in the red zone type right. shit that that USC did. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it. I, I, yeah, I, it just doesn't feel like a game that's going to be. It's going to go that way. Yeah, but, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that. You know, I don't. I don't think Washington State, Arizona State goes over either. No, because because I because I, I in really that don't. game, I, I I think a big. It's so easy for Herm Edwards. You know, you know their strategy is going to be because it's kind of the same deal that Utah did uh, the two weeks prior. Was is that if they, if you keep the ball. Just ex- keep extending drives, long drives. You keep the WSU offense off the field. You keep them out of rhythm. And uh, Gordon was completely out of rhythm when he was playing, especially in that second half in the Utah game, and he started making bad choices. And uh, and so I, I, I can see Arizona State wanting to just dominate the time of possession. And uh, Yeah, you play yeah, That's exactly away. it. And if, and if that's your – if that's what you're doing and you're running the ball – the clock's coming down. Um, so, so I, and they're completely built to right, do that. Right. I mean, they can absolutely do that. There's <laughs> and, and, and no the question. WSU defense is completely built to allow them to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember what Utah was on third down in that game, but it was, they were very, very efficient. efficient. Yeah. I'll just put it at that. Yeah. So they can get off the field. They're already thin. <laughs> Death-wise, uh, on the defense, right. that that doesn't bode well. Yeah. So, so that's so that's probably um, honestly, you know, now that we've talked about it, I I think the unders in both those games, uh, I I think I think you play both of those, and I think you've got a great chance for both of them hitting. And worst case scenario, I think it's a push because uh, I think there's a great great uh, great argument to be made uh, on both those. Yeah, and I'm not, and. Neither one of us are big totals. No, that. we're not. But um, um, but yeah, that's that's a, I think the the angle, and then and then obviously I'm I'm a big fan of it, Arizona. I I'm gonna play it no matter what as long as it's over six. But I'm gonna wait for seven because if I can get seven, even better. Um, but that's all I I've got. Um, any last thoughts? We're locking in Tampa. We're locking in Tampa plus two twenty. Oh. I've watched it for this last two hours from two thirteen. It I feel like it hits two twenty and it goes back down. So I'm I'm locking in. Oh, two twenty three. Oh. Here we go. We're gonna lock in the, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, at plus two twenty three tonight. So love it. There it is. All right, go Rays, huh? Stay horny, my friend. Thank you for listening to the HFV Podcast, your source for West Coast athletics. Follow us on Twitter at HFV Sports and look for podcasts each week on Monday and Thursday.